back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bloom, episode 87. We're going to continue our review of the starting pitching position from the 2023 fantasy baseball season. ADPs 31 through 60 and their finishing positions, as always. Be fun to kind of decipher where we're at here. Thanks to the fans that have been waiting patiently before we started the show. Nick Pollock, appreciate you. You can find me on Twitter at BD Intrix Podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod and my co-host, as always, on Twitter at Ryan BHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how are we doing, my friend? Yeah, I mean, we can see our, you know, we, we're here for the listeners. And if they want us to get this show on the road and start it, we'll we'll do it. So, Nick, the early start time is just for you, my friend. Happy to have you on the show as well as I, I have received a few other complaints that we don't start early enough. But we just like to talk to each other for, I mean, we get on at 830 and uh, we just chat. And then usually once it hit nine, we're like, all right, let's. And we better do this type of thing. And, we better actually start. And, and on the bright side is we were planning future shows for the listeners. So I think it'll be pretty cool. We, yeah, yeah, it was actually all business. Yeah. It was so actually was, all business. We are, uh, I guess, yeah, we'll segue. Like, show show business next week. Well, tonight is part two of starting pitchers and the breakouts. Tuesday night, we'll do relievers. Next mm-hmm. Thursday, we'll do our gladiator. And the week after that is what Bubba and I were discussing. We're doing, we did this last year, but uh, some baseball forecaster interviews with with folks that did uh, either research essays or player boss player boxes or prospects. We've got four guests lined up next week or the fall, or I guess two weeks, two weeks to uh, to nail that out. So that that is why we were uh, <laughs> chit chatting. But I appreciate the, the enthusiasm always. It means a lot to us. So. Yeah. It is much appreciated. Um, yeah, we're going to review the uh, the second round of starting pitchers. The first round we kind of thought was um, interesting, to say the least. You had some notes on that. You know, first 15 versus second 15, kind of pockets of ADP to look at. We'll obviously kind of dive into this and some uh, long shots. But anything else, like um, the hot stove's going crazy. Shohei's apparently going to be a giant. But, uh, you know, I'm not holding my breath. I- anything else you'd like to discuss before we start talking? second part to starting pitchers um no i but i do have to blame nick i have not posted Loaded my the board. board i have not transferred my board from my phone which is upstairs charging to my computer so i can show it on the screen all flustered because of you nick thank you <laughs> well we will Here, get I'll her done i'll figure it out yeah he's he's, he's a genius with the uh the setup here but you know we talked about it last time the top 15 or second 15 and you had a uh, a tweet go out earlier to kind of promote the show about the next round of uh, 31 through 60 here. And while you're looking for the board, I'll kind of let the listeners know. I'll be back in like two minutes because I, I got something else up my sleeve. Okay, what this showcased. So we, as I mentioned before, the top, you know, 1 through 15, 16 through 30, a lot of similarities in ERAs and ratios and all that good stuff. So it depended on where you hit your bubbles in ADP like we talked about. Well, Ryan tweeted out uh, earlier on Thursday, top 31 through 45 starting pitchers by ADP, 4.13 ERA, 1.23 whip, 9.9K per nine in 1,943 innings. Okay. ADP 46 through 60, 3.88 ERA, better ERA, 1.29 whip, pretty close to the same whip, 9.29K per nine in 2,037 innings. So about almost 100 more innings. Again, very close similarities between the two as we break down the top next 
30 picks, you'll see the pockets we've been talking about. So as Ryan has returned to us here, he says he has something up his sleeve, and I can't wait to hear what this is all about. Matt, did you did you did you talk successfully for a minute and I a half? I can talk all day. I do solo shows by myself, so we're good. All right. All right. So I did go ahead and I believe this is what you were talking about when I was yes. gone. Bingo. Um, there it is. I took what I what I brought up last week and and put that all in a special board, I guess. And, and then I added uh some more ADP ranks. So for 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 folks on the YouTube or on the live stream, you can see this all kind of explained in, in podcast form. But I uh, mentioned last week how the, the first 15 and the next 15 off the board entering 2023 were pretty similar. I went ahead and did that same analysis from 31 to 45. So that group of pitchers, which we'll talk about tonight, kind of that third 15. And, if, and the reason I'm doing 15s, and really it's the format of the show, but it's also like if you're in a 15 team league, this is your SP one, then your SP two, then SP three, four, five, down all the way down. So um, the fourth bucket from 46 to 60, you can see there, and then the fifth and sixth. I added the fifth and sixth, even though we won't have a show about those guys from ADP 60 to 90. We'll touch on a few of the breakouts tonight. Um, so what what we can see is like the ERA, WHIP, and strikeouts per nine from each of those kind of SB one, SB two, SB three tiers, and and we talked about you know last week that the first the first two tiers were pretty similar. Uh, what we see tonight is actually a better ERA uh, from the SP four tier versus SP three. Had a three eight eighty eight ERA. Uh, the pitchers, the starting pitchers from forty six to sixty off the board while the pitchers from 31 to 45 out of 413 are ERA. So that was, that was interesting. Um, another interesting takeaway and Bubba, you're kind of looking at this for the first time. So I'm interested in your thoughts too, like the SP four and five from 61 to 75 and 76 to 90, it did start to fall off a cliff. Like those pitchers really did suck. Like your ERA for that group combined was like 445 and every other group, uh, was below three, except for the 31 to 45 group, which was right just above uh, four. So um, the whip was really bad. The strikeouts were down. So it did. I mean, if if I'm looking at this as a takeaway and I want to get pitching early, like it, it did kind of fall as a group fall off a cliff. Once you started to get down to your like SP 60 through 90, um, your SP four or five and 15 team leagues, it, uh, it did start to kind of collapse. And for just like reference sake for the listeners, SP60 still has an ADP of 217. So it's just outside the top yeah. 200. So as you're navigating you're drafting these guys, yep. as, you're, as you're navigating a draft board, your top 60 pitchers off the board are basically in the top 215 picks. So kind of if you're in a 12 team league or you're, you're in a, you know, that's 240s around 20. So you're getting around 18, 19, 12 team league you probably are feeling okay about your pitching for the most part before you get into the deeper rounds. 15-team league, like Ryan said, it's a little different because in theory it's like your pockets of SP1, 2, 3, 4, 5, et cetera, um, unless you're aggressive on pitching early or things we talked about last week that stood out a lot is we, we, we brought it back to the, our hitting reviews where like all the top hitters at each position like flourished, like they're great, and then you saw different pockets of good and bad. Where pitching, you can kind of navigate if you can navigate because there's a lot of like what if questions. Did you take A or B? Big differences in your team's production, and it still allowed you though if you didn't want to take you know an eight ADP one through fifteen uh, pitcher, you could could have went heavy like in the sixteen to thirty or sixteen to forty five even, and kind of been okay and take hitting early. But 
what Ryan's chart right here is showing by the 60th pitcher by, you know, pick 215 or so, you better have a pretty confident staff is what it's coming down to or be prepared to play the streaming game, which Nick Pollock and company are very good at. So that's the way I'm looking at it. Like, you know, maybe your, your later round pitchers, which we're not going to cover all of them per se. And there are good ones. We will hit some of them that were great. There's, you know, uh, the 25th and 26th pitchers are post pick 300 in drafts. It, yep. You can find them, but there's only two of them past pick 300. So you got to kind of uh, figure out how all that plays out. It is an interesting chart because it's like comfortable, comfortable. Yeah, okay, okay. Then it's like red, 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 red wine. It's the red wedding from Game of Thrones, if you've seen this. So it's a, I, a, I don't get that reference, but I, yeah, and there's a maid. It's amazing. We're still friends, but um, it's it, it does stand out like a sore thumb because, you know, we can look at these charts of you know hitters and pitchers. We've seen each episode and there's like some good reds and greens throughout the chart where this is just very blatant. Like, boom, it's it stands Across out like a board. sore thumb on yeah. what uh, you, you kind of want to avoid. And it's another question. Maybe when we look at relief pitching on Tuesday, there's where you can take your relievers instead of your starters per se. Get like a good good like reliever one. And in the later rounds, maybe take your relief pitching darts instead of your starting pitching darts. Things along those lines. It's all roster construction. I know it's probably annoying to hear that over and over again, but in the, in the end, it's all about roster construction. And that's why these reviews are good. And that's why when we do our you know ADP one through one fifty episodes, one fifty to two hundred, which we really enjoyed last year, and the, the listeners apparently did as well. Those helped us out a ton to get going. And so those are kind of different angles we can look at as well. You got it, man. Um, and yeah, it's interesting. Like, I mean, so you still have to, and that's the, that's the, I'm, I'm glad you kind of mentioned that at the end, Bubba is like, you can't look at this chart and say, Oh, starting pitchers 60 through 90 all sucked or not all of them, but as a, as a group are really bad. You still have to take pitchers there unless, you know, you have some type of plan where you know, you're going to take hitters and not do, starting pitchers for rounds and rounds and rounds. So um, again, like this to simply boil it down, it's, it's picking the right players beats any kind of strategy, but, uh, but it's just interesting to see the, uh, see the fallout. So, yep. Massive fallout. Right. So let's get to it. Let's talk ADPs 31 through 60 pitchers. And we'll start with the newest New York Met. He was the Yankees problem last year. Now he's the Mets problem this year. That is one Luis Severino. And um, that's where this is one of those. We'll get to some picks right after him. He had an ADP of 111, 31st pitcher off the board, finished 225, 665 ERA, 165 whips, 79 strikeouts, um, injuries and whatnot throughout the season derailed a lot of spot, spots of the season. He wasn't trustworthy at all. You stack against him in DFS. It was a rough season. So any thoughts on Severino? And besides the fact that he just hasn't pitched innings at all since like 2018. Yeah, like yeah, hundred what hundred ninety innings the last two seasons combined, just eighty nine innings. In twenty twenty three, the the I don't know. I guess everything everything was bad for Severino last year. Strikeouts pretty much fell off. Eleven percent strike strikeout minus walk. The whiffs disappeared down to nine percent. Like I don't really see. Fastball velocity held firm, and there wasn't too much of a change in pitch mix. Threw a little bit more, a few more cutters, but like it didn't really matter. Uh, I, at the end of the day, on the surface, you've got a 19% strikeout rate, 11% strikeout minus walk. Probably didn't deserve to have a 6.65 ERA, but like five plus, probably deserved. And so, I don't know. I mean, he's on the Mets now. I don't know if that helps 
or not. Yeah, I don't plan won't. on it. I don't plan oh, on it. Said. No. Yeah. Yeah. The Met, the Mets big move so far. Let's get Joey Wendell and Luis Severino. Yes, how the off seasons have changed in New York. Let's talk about now one of the two pitchers that go back to back after Severino that could have been big difference makers between the two. First one's Logan Gilbert. He was the uh, ADP of 111 as well. 32nd pitcher finished 14th at the position, 373 ERA, 108 whip, which is great considering his teammate George Kirby was a whip machine also, and Gilbert wasn't as known for that. Developed a very quality whip at 108. 189 Ks, that was big as well. Uh, one of the big takeaways for me, it's back-to-back seasons of 185 or more innings, which is great to see. He's, that was his age 26 season this past year. So definitely made some gains. ERA was a little higher. Home runs were a little more volatile this past year. But still, as a young pitcher, to see him kind of, to me, duplicate previous success, if not get a little better in some regions, uh, I think that was a big step forward. Yeah, and Gilbert, I mean, we talked a little bit last, not last week, last show about like, the perceived safety and volume Gilbert Gilbert it, it a lot of his value hinges on innings and he's delivered innings each of the last two seasons 185 in 2022 190 in uh in 2023 very it, it was interesting from a pitch mix standpoint went from 54 percent four seamers down to 42 percent in 2023 so went to uh, went to a slider more often a little bit more curves that's probably why we saw the uptick in swinging strikes from gilbert and ultimately a strikeout rate so i like that change i like pretty much seattle as a whole they seem to know what they're doing from a organization standpoint with starting pitchers and and i'm not sure how much that's talked about like houston and and los angeles and even the twins this year kind of get the get the pub for that seattle kind of knows what we're what they're doing with these guys. And so uh, that plays into, uh, we talked about George Kirby adding a splitter midseason last year, like things like that where Kirby or Gilbert could take an extra step. So um, great year for Gilbert. I'm not sure what is, I, I did actually pull up 2024 ADP. Uh, you're gonna have to pay for him. Yeah. It's right around like 70. So um, it's jumped from 111 last year. Yep, it's a jump and probably deserve, I guess, with the age and improvements. And if you think he keeps improving, the next step's going to be pretty darn good. So those yep. are good things. Nick Pollock in the chat does not believe the Mets will fix Seve's secondaries. So he's out on Severino as well. Surprise, surprise. The next pitcher off the board, though, at ADP of 114, the 33rd starting pitcher, finished third at the position. He won a National League Cy Young Award. That has won Blake Snell, 225 ERA, 119 whip. 234 strikeouts. Ryan, did you know if he pitches at least 180 innings in a season, he wins a Cy Young? So that's pretty impressive stuff from Blake Snell. But all in all, a great see. He's he was an expert at being able to pitch around guys afford walks, but because I guess the way I'm trying to say it, he pitched around them well enough that the walks didn't hurt him, if that made sense. Like he's very, very crafty in that regard. So heck of a season for Blake Snell. And I think the walks, and so there will be a lot of attention paid to the pretty, admittedly terrible walk rate for Blake Snell. But I think, thank you. I think a lot of that was by design with Snell. That's kind of what I was trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, his stuff was just so good. So he had, he had, and I, I love these type of like stats. He had three secondary pitches Snell that had over a twenty-two percent swinging strike rate, which is just crazy. Curveball, changeup, and slider through them all over 10% of the time. So he's got a pretty like varied pitch mix, and he can just kind of do what he wants with those secondaries. And he did not give in. He figured, I'm 
gonna I'm gonna throw my secondaries. If I walk a guy, I walk a guy, and I'll just get the next guy out. And that <laughs> led to a Cy Young. Um, sure, there was I I do think a little bit of luck involved. Is he gonna repeat this? No. Um, but yeah, hell of a year. The other thing I'll bring up about Blake Snell, he'll probably be an example of this in April 2024. Uh, Blake Snell in four starts this past April had as many strikeouts as walks and Pretty had like, nice. a, I think five plus ERA in April and ultimately went on to win the Cy Young. So exhibit 2,168 <laughs> of not overreacting to, uh, to April. It's a long season. Yeah. He's a great poster child for that. It'd be interesting to see where he signs this year. He picked a great time to uh, get a Cy Young <laughs> award. So yeah, uh, he'll get paid. We'll see how this pans out because, like, I made the joke is 180 innings pitch. He's done it twice. The two times he's won a Cy Young. Other than that, innings pitch are kind of a bugaboo for for Blake Snell. So that'd be a very interesting situation to see where he lands and can he keep that consistency? Because I agree, he's I obviously he's probably not the right word, but I want to say obviously is not going to reciprocate like duplicate what just took place. But could he be a low three ERA guy? Be pretty effective. I think so. I I can really do with the, especially with the strikeout upside he brings. That's, that's the, the yeah. The K's that's the game like, changer. The K's are huge. Like, can he repeat two hundred thirty four strikeouts? Probably. I mean, like, one hundred eighty innings left we'll to get to again. But like, that's such an advantage. And just looking at this board, um, there were a few other two hundred strikeout guys in this group, but really no one outside of Snell and Pablo Lopez uh, really touch 230 and that's such an advantage in these more middle rounds well and the, the funny thing is like everybody loves aaron nola why can't blake snell be like aaron nola like there's a lot of similarities there. like the ratios could get to you from time to time but the strikeouts will be there um i, I think there's to me at least a, a big yeah. maybe, maybe i'm overthinking i know you're, you're a hardcore team nola guy but uh yeah, i don't uh I, I just I, the volume isn't there for like the track record of volume for Snell isn't has not Fair been. There. I'd like to see him get 180 repeatedly, and he hasn't hasn't been able to do so. But yeah, let me. Uh, I wanted to pull this up real quick. So strikeouts wise, you mentioned Snell at 234, third most in baseball, tied with Pablo Lopez. Yeah, they uh, there's only four guys at 230 or more, and only six guys at 220 or more. So yeah. it's 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 rarefied air in this era of baseball, and that's game changing stuff as we've mentioned. The next pitcher off the board was Nestor Cortez, 34th ADP, finished 120th at the position. Obviously a major injury riddle season, uh, 63 total innings pitched. I kind of wash it away due to injuries, but maybe there's more to it that I'm missing. Um, yeah, you, I, no, I mean, you kind of wash it away. It, only through 11 starts in April and May and eventually just got shut down. So uh, I guess he came back in August for four innings. <laughs> yeah. Um so I don't know. It just sucks to see like he, I mean, he was one of the more fun pitchers to watch, even though he was a, you know, he was a Yankee. I uh, just love watching him just from deception and timing standpoint. Um, but yeah, I am very concerned on his outlook for 2024, given that he ended the season hurt and it was shoulder. So it's, uh, it's tough. That is the tough part. Like I, I stared at him in some early drafts going, should I? Maybe? No. And I usually end up passing. So that's kind of where we're at. Because I love Nasty Nestor. When he's on, he was very, very good a couple years ago. Uh, the next picture is the poster child for taking quality over quantity theory. And that is Clayton Kershaw. Uh, 35 years old this past year. He was the 35th pitcher off the board. And he finished 15th at the position. I saw 15th and had the double take. 
because you think about the dude only threw 131 innings. He's thrown 121, 126, 131 the last three seasons. And he continues to finish high up because the ratios are elite. He had a 246 ERA this past season to go with a 106 whip and 137 Ks in those innings. So better than a K per inning, which he's continued to do even in the limited innings runs. And the ratios, like I said, have been outstanding. Obviously a massive injury that leaves big questions for 2024. But once again, if you took the chance on a Kershaw ADP 123, he he paid off for you in a big way. It just depends, I guess, on how you replaced him. Did you crush yourself with replacements, basically? Yeah, and in this in this day and age of of lower innings pitch totals from starting pitchers, Kershaw's innings the last three years, 122, 126, 132. Like that sounds bad, but that's not really that far off from like 160 inning starter. Uh, that's only a few starts lower. And then you get obviously the the elite ratios that Kershaw has just consistently posted throughout his career. Two interesting things with Kershaw. First half, Kershaw was like among the strikeout leaders in all of baseball, which was just mind-blowing to me. Um, very concerned how he finished, though. Like in the second half, he had a 223 ERA, a 110 whip, but the whiffs disappeared. The fastball velocity was down two ticks. The expected ERA uh, from HQ was up over four. You tack on, you know, it was, yes, it was injury related. Um, it's more shoulder stuff, but Kershaw's going to be 36 like next year. Like I just, I don't know, common theme. I always worry about how these guys finish and Kershaw went out with, with a whimper. So could he do what he's been doing each of the last three seasons and post a one whip with like a 250 ERA? over 125 innings. Absolutely. Like I'm not counting Kershaw out from that at all. Um, I just wonder the way he finished with the age and injury, like I, the chances of that to me seem slimmer than they've ever been. Yeah. That final time we saw Kershaw in the postseason did not look like the Kershaw. We know that was batting practice. That was, that, that was, was brutal. Uh, Nick brings up a great point in the chat. He had 13 wins in those starts as well. Yeah. Like that is, bonkers stuff there that Dodgers 101 but that just shows how good Clayton Kershaw was and I kind of want to say one more thing and it kind of was my point of quality over quantity and you did mention the injury concern there but it's why I look at guys like Scherzer and Verlander do we want to look at quality over quantity stuff because we I think we all agree they're not the innings guys they used to be but at the same time like Verlander's like a 110 ADP Scherzer's like a 125 ADP Last year, Kershaw was a 123 ADP. So it really makes you kind of, is the juice worth the squeeze question? Because it's like you said, it's not like the old days. 125, 138 is still pretty darn good. If these guys give you the quality they're good at, the injury concerns are still there as well. But it's just, it, it, it's, you can't just write them off is what I'm trying to say anymore like you used to. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only, the only like... I don't know. And this is probably just a personal bias. I need to get past. I just think there's risk of like 40 innings from Christian Scherzer. Like there's, there's that floor, but then again, I mean, there's that floor with any starting pitcher. So I, I don't know. That's a really good point. Like I should probably be more open to guys who we think have a lower inning ceiling, even like 130, 140 that post these types of ratios because uh, it's, it's really damn hard to do. Yep. Nick Lodolo. Shame of an injury-riddled season. Just the best way I can put it. 36 pitcher, finished 194, 69 ERA, 175 whip, 47 Ks. He had the foot, uh, foot ankle-ish injury, shin injury. It was like a weird dynamic he had going on there. 
uh, missed a ton of time. And when he w- was out there, Great American ate him up. So it was just a bad, bad all around season for Labello. And not only like ate him up, like, like, yeah, like freaking devoured him. 27% homer to fly. Like that is, that is terrible, terrible home run luck. You, you expect the homer to fly to be bad because of the ballpark, but 27% is just absurd. A 435 BABIP is just, is absurd as well. Like the skills for Nick Lodolo were better in 2023 than they were in his quote unquote breakout of 2022. And like, this isn't 10 years ago, like Lodolo is not going to fly under the radar anymore. And you're still maybe some health concerns will monitor over the off season. But like, this is the ultimate, like trust the skills, not the results. I think Nick Lodolo, he's like one of my favorite, favorite buys for next year. I just think he's the same guy that we saw entering 2023, uh, if not better. ADP of 244. So you get a little, that's cheap there as well. That's cheaper than I thought, man. Damn. Yep. People are, are worried. To DC say the here. Yeah, hey, come on down, friend. Uh, the hundred, the the 37th pitcher with an ADP of 133 finished 82nd at the position. God, it still hurts. Do to we see. have to do this guy? I know this, uh, this hurts just because we're a man of the people. We have to do it. Uh, Lance Lynn, 573 ERA, 139 whip, but 191 strikeouts, Ryan. He had strikeouts, all yeah. the strikeouts. I think we said that so many times this season. Like the strikeouts are here, the strikeouts are there. It's coming, it's coming. And in his first couple starts with the Dodgers, it was there. And then it wasn't again. And it was just a bad season going to St. Louis now. But 2023, I'm just kind of trying to forget. So this was my Trevor Rogers of 2020. Uh, we were all I'm we were I was with you on this one. I can't leave you alone there. Um it's 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 hard to have good pitching stats when you get a 573 ERA, a 139 whip. Over how many innings did he throw? A ton. Too many. Too many. That's 183. 183. Like that and destroys. Two, that, two, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those extra two thirds were probably. Like seven home runs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it just destroys your your pitching categories. And like I, I say that Trevor Rogers from he, this 2022 Trevor Rogers was my 23 Lance Lynn. I, I I'd love to have a year where I don't have like one of these guys that just totally, totally, it only takes one to like totally anyone who had Alec Manoa last year can, can say as well, but uh, just need to avoid these guys who, uh, who post bad ratios, but also do so in bunches. The 191 Ks offer a little solace. Yeah, little Sauls. Uh, Lisi didn't take Kyle Wright. He was a 38th pitcher, finished 219, all the injuries. Yeah, but like, I don't know. He, he didn't hurt your team. I mean, he only threw 30 innings. Like, I'd rather have drafted Kyle Wright than Lance Lynn, Lynn to be honest. Fair enough. Even though he finished 219. Well, let's get to a pocket of pitchers that was a little more entertaining now. Joe Ryan, ADP of 139. He was a 39th pitcher off the board, finished 36th at the position, and would have finished higher if it wasn't for an ERA issue. That he had a 451 ERA, 117 whip, and 197 Ks. It's been well documented. The boy gives up the long ball, and that happened this past season. Big jump. Uh, career high home run to fly ball, if you want to go that direction. But very effective stuff as a whole. Like we saw signs of being like the next ace type pitcher. And then other times where, like I said, the, the long ball was very prevalent in his game. So what's your thoughts on Joe Ryan? 
Uh, still, I think a really nice step forward for for Joe Ryan. Yeah, the second half, like it, it definitely fell apart. Six ERA over second half, but like even the second half skills were just fine. Uh, even better, perhaps a fifteen percent swing strike in the second half. Joe Ryan was part of that. I mentioned the like organization philosophies and that sort of thing with Minnesota. He's still very fastball heavy through almost 60% four seamers. Um, but picked up a split finger this year, threw it almost a third of the or just over a quarter of the time. Split finger at a 12% swing strike, and then a sweeper as his third pitch uh was effective too. So, like I think Joe Ryan, the homers will always, I think, always be there just because it's like a 50% fly ball rate. If you allow that many fly balls, it's going to hurt you. Um but look at whip and strikeouts yep. like whip and strikeouts were, were excellent. And I think that's, you know, that, that we tend to look at ERA and focus so much at ERA um, just naturally. But I think the floor on the whip and strikeouts for Joe Ryan is, is actually pretty high. And then you just kind of hope for some fortunate home run luck with those fly balls. Cause fly balls, fly ball pitchers can be very effective. I mean, it's not a home run. It's an out pretty much. Yep. And so if Joe Ryan ever ran into a, a decent year of, of home run luck, we're looking at a major step forward, I think. Yeah, I think Nick Pollock is a Joe Ryan fan. He says he's destined to find the number two pitch this offseason. No way he doesn't learn one in driveline and his four-seamer is elite. So yeah. if he finds a good number two, uh, it could be that step forward in the right direction. So Yeah, 17% swinging strike on a four-seamer. Like, that is unheard of. That's That's a really good point, Nick. Yeah, I've been a fan of Joe's in uh, early drafts, let's put it that way. Well, we had to talk about Lance Lynn, so it's only fair we get to talk about uh, the next guy. He had an ADP of 141, which was by far too low. Uh, 40th pitcher off the board, finished 20th at the position. That is one Frederick, I am the ace of the Brewers, Peralta. Uh, 386 ERA, 112 whip, 210 punchies. That's pretty good as well. And this is one of those, like we kind of talked about it on the last episode, Ryan, is we look at innings and the growths and everything, 144 and 21, 78 and an injury riddled 22, back to 165 in 2023. Yeah. And he was just pure filth on that mound. Um, there was, especially the second half, this is just like the full season numbers. If you guys remember the Bloom Board second half numbers and just tweets that were going out from Ryan and other guys, like Freddie Peralta was lighting Kato Walk percentages on fire. He was doing everything you could think of to be elite in the second half. And um, it makes me very excited for 2024 because this is the guy I think we've all been hoping for for so long. And the development of an extra pitch has helped him in a big way. Yeah, he's still he's still fastball Freddie. Like, I think, I mean, that is his game. But um, a few more change-ups, a few more sliders certainly helped. Yes, biggest rise in, in strikeout minus walk from first half to second half of any pitcher in the majors. That was our bloom board oh, out at first pitch Arizona. Um and a, a somewhat broken record, but not only finished the year healthy, but finished the year just elite. And that means a lot to me heading into uh, 2024. This is also like a Pablo Lopez situation. So I'm looking through Freddie Peralta's injury log. 2019 IL shoulder, 2021 inflammation IL shoulder, 2022 90 days on the IL sprain lat shoulder, 2023. This is what we got. Like, how the hell could you have predicted 166 innings, 30 starts from Freddie Peralta? Um, like, good on you if you if you got him and you and you did it. That was my big drawback. 
taking him at one in the top 10 rounds uh, last year, but it absolutely paid off. Yeah, I was all in on 2022, so that stung. So to see him come back in 2023 is at least a little justification of the mean. But, maybe, you know, it doesn't help you if you don't have him. But at least, like, process was right, I guess, is the theory. But, yeah, the shoulder injuries. And, uh, and an interesting thing for us to to think about, is we, like you said, the Pablo Lopez and some other things, is we were talking about, you know, should we kind of not be as passive on some of these guys' injuries? And then at the same time is I want to see how these guys do it the year after they all of a sudden got the innings hike. Like how's mm-hmm. that shoulder doing next year thing? Cause that's yeah. always a concern as well, but that could be a concern with anybody. So that's yeah, just trying still to called and, and debated Verducci effect. Um, it it's interesting. So we just talked with Freddie, we just talked about Blake Snell. They're going right next to each other. 2024 ADP is right around 60. Ooh, that's a tough uh, that's, one. That's like, an interesting decision. Snell hasn't had, is. Snell hasn't had the injury history. That's the thing. Like that's the, conundrum i think but i think freddie's a better pitcher which is yeah we're not gonna talk about that right now that'll be a podcast for later on in january that's tricky uh that's very tricky i don't want to make that decision right now so let's talk about lucas giolito 41st pitcher off the board finished 73rd 488 era 131 whip 204 k's which is great he got you the 200 mark uh pitched 184 innings he was one of those guys that was frustrating and is all get up because he'd have like a stretch where you're like, yeah, okay, this isn't bad. This, this, this will work. And then he'd have other stretches and he'd just be like, what are we doing right now? And it ended horrifically in LA and Cleveland. So what's your thoughts on Lucas Giolito? Um, yeah, just the way it ended was like, it, it's, I, I did not expect this, like given the injury or just like not injury, but just like coming off just one of the worst seasons in uh in 2022 look good to start and then yeah i don't i don't know what happened in the second half like the the whiffs held firm the velocity held firm but just could not throw a strike 12 percent walk rate in the second half um that's that's not gonna do it yep not good at all there's rumors he might be heading to the dodgers which is where he always wanted to go many thought he was gonna get traded there to begin with did not quite happen we'll see where that all plays out Let's go to Mr. Jesus Lizard. Jesus Lizardo was the 41st pitcher off the board, or 42nd. Finished 27th at the position, though. 358 ERA, 121 whip, 208 strikeouts. That was a four pitcher stretch of 197 or more. Five out of the last six with 190 or more. Kind of a positive, even though some of the other effects might not have been as great, but definitely a spot to get some strikeouts if you need them here in this second group of pitching. So Lazardo was a big one because people were hoping the way he kind of finished 2022 on a high note that this would be a guy we could see in 2023. He took a big innings bump from 100 to 178 last year, and it didn't seem to crush him a ton, which was really good to see. So uh, what are your thoughts on Jesus Lazardo? Yeah, it's interesting. When I do see that bump in innings, that's when I really start to look at that first, second half split to see how how did once, once Lazardo was in uncharted territory, uh, how did he perform? His second half skills were just fine. Uh, Lazardo's got two secondary pitches that are really, really good in his slider, which is a 23% swinging strike. I think your league average on that is like 15-ish. Um, and a really good changeup that not only misses bats, but also gets ground balls. So he can get a ground balls when when he needs to. The four-seamer took a big step forward uh, for, for Lazardo this year as well. So he's got three pitches that are all well, well above average. Um, and now that he kind of put that final 
piece of the puzzle together to go 180, 179, whatever, basically did not miss a start. Um, I think it's, I think it's all systems go very, very optimistic and bright forecaster box on Lazardo as well. I don't remember the exact wording we put on him, but it was, it was, it was positive. Makes sense considering the high expectations and he's kind of done it for two seasons, basically. Mm -hmm. I know the, the innings weren't there two years ago. It's interesting to see him going right behind Bobby Miller. Like I think Jose Lazardo is a much better pitcher than Bobby Miller. But we'll see. We'll see where that one goes. A lot of pitchers we're seeing on this show, even when we talk about uh, late-round performers, all going around Mr. Jesus Lazardo. It's all kind of a pocket of big standouts in 2023. A couple of injured guys here. Chris Sale, 43rd. Pitcher off the board, finished 74th, 430 ERA. 1-1-3 whip was nice, 125 Ks. I did it in a little over 100 innings pitched, uh, 102 innings. Off like he started the year obviously on the IL, kind of battled injuries throughout. I believe he finished with a few outings to end the season, but nothing crazy. He's a tough one for me to evaluate. I'll say that much. Yeah, he's tough just because, like, I don't know. It's just always something. Like in 2022 is all this weird stuff. 2023 is actually like a normal injury, shoulder injury, uh, for sale. I'm not saying that's a good thing. Obviously, shoulders are terrible. Um, the skills are just fine. I mean, it's just trying to predict how many innings he's going to throw. Uh, finished strong. Finished, let's see, had a 25 to 6 strikeout to walk ratio in August, 29 to 8 in September, over nine starts total. Like, I don't know. I'm probably not taking him just because of the volume and now the age. I mean, he will be 35 next year. So that that plays a factor as well. But uh, I don't know. The, the, the prime sale is still lurking somewhere in there the skills are still there yeah that's why i always get tempted seeing him on draft rooms going he's, he's one of those guys like i used to say with verlander a couple of years ago when he won the cy young and i'm not saying chris sales gonna win the cy young but he's at an age where these teams that are rostering him have no desire to worry about his innings like as long as he can pitch he's pitching basically and that's one of those things that you know we talk about these other pitchers how many innings will they go sale will go as long as his arm's working and that's like as simple as it goes it's it's, it's that's caveman math for you but um, that's pretty much the reality of the situation. I mean, I, it wouldn't be crazy if he won a Cy Young. If he no, because those 190 innings and he he showed at times, like especially when he was kind of healthy when he first came off the IL, he looked real good for like five innings, and they, like he wasn't going deep into games yet, which made sense. But he looked good, like he could maybe find it again. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Dustin May, Dustin May, 44th pitcher off the board, finished 110, which is actually kind of surprising. Uh, the ratios help, 263 ERA, 0.94 whip, 34 strikeouts in 48 innings pitched, the second most of his career, by the way. But, um, yeah, this is just a dude he's supposed to hopefully come back middle of next season, just can't stay healthy, can't put innings out there. It's tough. Yeah, like hasn't thrown 60 innings in a major league season yet, and – the strikeouts. So yeah, you, you see 34 strikeouts on the board. You're like, um, maybe he got hurt after like four starts and that was it. Dude yeah. made nine starts <laughs> at 34 strikeouts. Yep. Swinging strike rate had to have been, I don't have it in front of me. It was 6.7%. Like that has to be the, that's like him or like Cal Quantrill are probably fighting for the lowest whiff rate in, in the majors. Um, just a bizarre, bizarre season from, Dustin May and like 
I don't know, just so much uncertainty with the with the health. Like, I don't know. Love to see him get get right, but hasn't been yet. Nope, hasn't been right. And I'm not holding my breath anytime soon, unfortunately. The next guy is a very interesting case here, and that is Chris Bassett. Uh, 45th pitcher off the board, finished 13th at the position. This is a big one if you waited on pitching. 3-6 ERA, 1-1-8 with 106, 186 strikeouts. 200 innings pitched after throwing 181 with the Mets. This is his third team in three seasons. But he has been very, very good. And what's crazy is he doesn't really get the love he deserves, but in every season but one, he's been two, four, six, eight, like nine seasons or so. Every season but one, a sub-four ERA. And most of them are lower threes ERAs. The dude's been very, very good since coming up in the bigs. And um, I don't know why he does not get the love he deserves. Because he's just kind of like boring. Blah. He's just boring. It's my kind of guy. But like this is this is a hell of a good boring. I, I did not realize Chris Bassett was the 13th best starting pitcher in fantasy last he's year. Boring. 16 wins helps. 16 wins helps. And as a Kevin Gossman, what's that? So do the ratios and the strikeouts. Like he put it all together. Yeah. I mean, the ratios were okay. 360, 118. <laughs> I don't know. 16 wins and 186 strikeouts is that's doing yeah. a lot. That's that's pretty damn good. I on the same rotation as Gossman, Bassett got four more wins with the ERA. It's half a run higher. This is just me being bitter. I can tell. I was I was gonna let you go. I was giving you the floor. I mean, he was fine too, but I just had to throw that one in there. Imagine <laughs> Gossman with like 16, 18 wins. He'd probably win the Cy Young. Damn it. All right. This next pos- the next pocket here, if Ryan, you want to take a water break, I understand. Um, Ryan's Rays are coming up here. Oh, God. Yeah, these, they're right next to each other. Yeah, these two of the next three we'll talk about here. All shortly. right, man, I'm out. That's Gotta what I said. Go you get some more to- pictures off my phone again. Like, you want to go walk or something? It's all up to you. Uh, the first one, 46th pitcher off the board, finished 123. And this is Jeffrey Springs. He had a .56 ERA, .5 whip, and 24 strikeouts. Yes, 24 strikeouts because he only pitched 16 innings. And it was the filthiest of filthy 16 innings. That's for sure. Amazing stuff. Uh, I got nothing really else because he's going to be out for most of 2024 too. Uh, gotcha. yeah, I got not. so one one interesting story, I guess. Jeffrey Springs, we we uh, Derek Van Riper and our and I also took Springs in the XFL, uh, either at the auction or draft. And I remember the morning he got hurt, Derek texted me, was like, That Springs call is looking, looking pretty good. And literally two or three hours later, he got whacked. So, tough. Well, at, least he's, at least he's cheap, right. I guess. I mean, he's not going to pitch, is he? Not this year, I don't think. No, no. But it's a keeper league, right? You can keep him for a couple dollars. No, no. I think. Yeah, we threw him back. I think yeah. two years. Pitchers are expendable in those formats. Uh, the next one's fun. Uncle Charlie, the Angels wonder. Charlie Morton, forty seventh pitcher off the board, finished thirty seventh. Just does what he does. Just boring. Like not what do you say? Boring. Just steady as it goes. Like people that listen to my DFS show, they probably hate me. But every time I talk about him when he's on a slate, I'm like, okay. Five to six innings pitched, probably three or three to four runs. He's going to get you over a K per inning. This is what Charlie Morton's going to do. This is who he is. Every once in a while, he get blown up. Every once in a while, he throws like nine shutout. That's just what Charlie Morton does. But you can pencil in the rough amounts. 
three six four ERA would say that for you to go with a one four three WHIP because of the walk issues he has in 183 strikeouts. The strikeouts, like I talked about, because it's 183 Ks in 163 innings pitched. The dude's been really good, really, really good, really consistent. He's going to be 40 this upcoming year, so we don't know if he's going to pitch yet. But every year we wait for Father Time to show up, and every year Charlie Morton keeps pounding away. So uh, another pretty quality season if you took him in fan. The whip could hurt, but the rest of it's pretty darn good. Yeah, and especially on the Braves, he I mean, he got, what, many wins did he get? 14, yeah, 14 wins. 14 and 12. He got 26 decisions and 30 starts. That's <laughs> tough to do in baseball these days. That's, it really that's is. actually hard to lose 12 games yeah. on the Braves. That's I don't know how you do that. Is that the days they like decided to sit Lacuna and other guys? Like, okay, you get the B squad today. Here you go. Yeah, those guys like never sat there. That's that's tough. I'd like to kind of deep dive some of his losses. I don't know how yeah. the hell that happens. Um, yeah, I mean, I, is he going to pitch next year? I, it's I mean, up I in would, the air. I would think so, but I think he does. I think what the rumors are, it's either he wants to go back to Atlanta again or he's going to retire. Because yeah. the reason he sticks in Atlanta, he's close to home. It's kind of all part of his deal. I mean, this the strikeouts are part of the package. If he stays with Atlanta, obviously the win potentials excellent. the The walk rate's bad though, like you mentioned, Bubba, and it it got real bad in the second yeah. half. Fourteen percent walk rate in the second half. Um, velocity held firm and the whiffs held firm though, so I don't think he broke down. It's probably just a spell of wildness. It it happens. I'd be fine. Like literally the last. Three four years, we could have said this about Charlie Morton's. You're gonna get, you're gonna get the innings, gonna get the strikeouts. Is he gonna start breaking down? He hasn't, and so I don't know, forty. But I, 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 I take a gander. Eventually, he'll go the way of Wainwright. But until then, I'll keep, I'll keep Ooh. trusting the old man. It'll be yeah. great. Uh, Drew Rasmussen, the other Ryan's Ray, forty eighth pitcher off the board, finished one hundred nine. 262 ERA, one hundred five WHIP, forty seven Ks in forty four and a two thirds innings. See you in 2025. R.I.P. Yep, the best way to put it. Now the man that we've mentioned a lot on last show and this show, we get to finally talk about him, is Pablo Lopez. He had an ADP of 163, 49th off the board, finished 17th. Same ADP as Drew Rasmussen. So like I haven't been focusing as much on that, but there's been pockets on this show. If you watch the charts, very similar situations here. And Pablo, 366 ERA, 115 whip, 234 strikeouts. Third best in baseball, tied with Blake Snell, only behind Kevin Gossman and Spencer Strider. That is impressive from Pablo Lopez. And he pitched 194 innings, so back-to-back years of at least 180 innings pitched. What do you got on Pablo Lopez, who was nothing short of outstanding? I mean, the the reason why the price was cheap was just that – injuries i mean i guess he threw 180 innings in uh 2022 but i don't know man hell of a year so we mentioned the so nick uh earlier in the show mentioned joe ryan's elite fastball pablo lopez's forcing fastball the swinging strike on it went from 11 percent, which is already pretty good in 2022 up to the exact same number as joe ryan 17 percent what does Minnesota know about four-seam fastballs that they taught or worked with Lopez and Joe Ryan on in 2023? Like, I, I don't think that's a coincidence. And that's really what drove... Like, Lopez has always had decent secondaries, like a, a pretty good changeup, pretty good curveball. 
but you throw a, a, a four seamer that misses that many bats and that picked up a mile and a half fastball velocity uh, was really the key for all of this happening. And of course, the 194 innings helps a lot. He only had 11 wins. He kind of got screwed. Yeah. Like this could have been better. Uh, but just That's a hell a twin, of a year. Twins for factor for you. Twins factor. Yeah. That's the downside, I guess, of, of of being on the Twins. It's like Nick mentioned. Uh, I know they did a lot of it last year. And we've seen them doing it this year. A lot of these Twins guys go to drive one. And I know yeah. people hate hearing that stuff. But it's been proven that it works a lot more than it doesn't with these hitters and pitchers. So um, we'll see if it continues. Like you said, it's a team philosophy. I know a lot of these teams are hiring guys from driveline and other organizations to come in there. And it's like, you're our guy. So maybe they, he literally had more time to focus on just them. And it was a, a different animal. So there's, there's still a lot to those kind of situations. I'm speculating. So if someone tells me I'm wrong, you're probably right that I am wrong, but I'm just speculating on that one. Now, another guy that I love, and I already drafted him in my most recent draft. That is Mon- Jordan Jomo Montgomery. Oh, you're fit- back in. Oh, I was, I never left. You never left. I never right. left. What do you mean back in? I That's never right. left. I've been riding this train for a couple of years now and the, the, it's getting a little more crowded. Let's put it that way. Uh, not just because of me, but it's getting crowded. Um, he, uh, 50th pitcher off the board, finished 32nd at the position, which is pretty darn good at ADP of 164. And it's because of the ratios, three, two, Oh, ERA one, one, nine whip and 166 K. He's never been a big strikeout guy. That's always been the, complaint from many people but 188 innings it's basically 180 in two straight years been super super effective gonna be a free agent in 2024 just won a world series um the dude like i said he's a ratio machine and if he could ever just maybe get an uptick in strikeouts he'd be a filthy pitcher but i'll take what i can get at his his adp so love me some jomo kind of like what's the difference between jomo and chris bassett Bassett you know, goes and strikes of, out more guys. I know, maybe not. 186 Ks. A few more, yeah. a few more Ks for Bassett this past like year. More innings too, but yeah, not not a lot different. You're right. They seem like the same type of guy. Uh, just decent ratios, a lot of volume. Um, Jordan Montgomery. I think the big reason why he finished only. I mean, it was still a great year. Uh, only 32nd, and Bassett finished 13th. Wins. Jordan Montgomery had a losing record yep. on Texas with a well, 320 half the, ERA. Half, half the season with Texas. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What was yeah. his second half? Uh, four and four with Texas. Eh, not half. great. Not great. But That's in this dude's DNA, man. Remember the Yankees when he was on the freaking him. Yankees? I, would, God. I, I was screaming from the rooftops. I was like, five Every innings or four start. innings. Gotta yank him. Gotta yank him. Gotta yank him. It's like, dude. Boone would not let him go a third time. He immediately traded him to St. Louis, and he's like throwing complete games. I'll never forget that. Like the first two starts, oh, it's beautiful. It was just a big middle finger. Yeah, that post-trade Jomo, that run that he went on was like Mm -hmm. beautiful. Was that last year or was that two years ago? It was two years ago because they traded him to St. Louis for uh, Harrison Bader, Mm. um, who didn't end up playing until like the postseason, and that wasn't a long postseason. And then uh, this past year, he got traded midseason to the Rangers. Yeah. And that's how he got the World Series. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to get like a Joma wall of jerseys. He's just a traveling soldier of like a great pitcher that just keeps getting moved around. He's the, the one I even said it at FPAS. I want the Giants to sign him, but he's not even rumored to be with the Giants right now. He would be, to me, phenomenal in that ballpark. But I digress. Just, there's, there's a lot of letters in the, the name Jordan Montgomery. None of them are W. 
if you flip the M upside down, no scam. <laughs> Wantgomery. If, if he gets 20 wins next year, we're calling him Jordan Wantgomery. Oh, I'm, I'm waiting to buy a jersey. I'll buy a jersey if he's 20 wins. Don't you worry. It'll happen. All right. Brady Singer, 51st pitcher oh. off the board, 144. And this was a tale of a couple seasons is what I'm going to call it because there were signs of life of being just oh so good and then signs of life of just what is going on out there. And it was like kind of that middle of the season. He, he I think he went back to the minors even for a bit. Pitch mix change, came back up, looked really good. And then boom, went the dynamite. But there was rumors of a blitzer slash innings, like he got tired type thing. Um, a lot of the reports towards the end of the season with Brady Singer, if you if you read beat writers talking to him and stuff, leaves me still optimistic for 2024. But it was a brutal finish for sure. Yeah, I I don't know. Like he's never missed bats. Like so the strikeout floor, the strikeout strikeout ceiling is extremely low. And so he relies so much on like called strikes. Brady Singer was always at the top of these leaderboards for like CSW, despite not getting any whiffs. Um, you got, got so many called strikes in that command. If that command is off even at all, you get stuff. And maybe it was because of the blister. Maybe next year he's fine and he comes back. But like, I just don't like taking your Kyle Hendricks types where this, you just, you're, you're drafting a low strikeout ceiling. You're on a team with the Royals where, I don't know, the lineup was okay in the second half, but like, What's your what's your wind ceiling there? And you're just really banking on like really good ratios. And I don't know. I, I like to at least try to get someone on a better team or someone that misses more bats. But so, he you're, so you're you're out on Singer, but I want to ask you this much because you're talking about guys that require called strikes and everything. Brady Singer has an ADP of five eighty five. Um, oh my god! Yeah, Shane Bieber has an ADP of one sixty three. Explain the difference. I mean Bieber, if if Bieber's healthy, he's he's been a lot better than Brady Singer. A lot better. I wouldn't I would not take Sing or uh Bieber where he's going, but I mean that's that's why. Okay. I would I mean I'd, I I don't know. Like would you you did draft Singer in our yes. uh DC five eighty five? Heck yeah. But like he does more damage that like I'd rather take I don't know. Matt Brash. Matt well, Brash I, probably going a lot earlier. I've been taking a terrible example. Well, just like look, uh, look who's going. So right look who's going to, around uh, them. Look Kyle Hendricks singer. Yeah, Kyle Hendricks, Hendricks. Right next to him. Yeah, what it's like? It's like Hendricks, Gavin Stone, who was horrible. Javier Assad, who wasn't bad, but same pitch to contact guy. Uh, Tanner Houck, if you want to take a chance. Taiwan Walker, Patrick Sandoval. There's Yuki Matsui. I don't even know who that is. I take him over Brady Singer. <laughs> We're gonna have some Brady Singer bets on our SP preview show. I can already feel it now. Uh, it's it's coming. You're Tony in. Gons- You're in. Oh You're yeah, Tony, Tony Gonsolin, fifty second pitcher off the board, one hundred six eighty p. Um, we knew regression was coming. It came in a tro- gigantic dump truck all over him. Boy. Yeah, and I think came quickly. I think he started pretty pretty hot, if I recall. Yeah, he had a one ninety five ERA through May. Um, to go back to that Blake Snell example, marathon, not a sprint, 195 ERA in May, and then Gonsolin in June, 582, <laughs> July, 639 ERA, and August, 797 ERA. Awful skills. Uh, still very surprising to see how it unraveled. 
Kode Singa, 53rd pitcher on the board, finished 19th. An amazing debut for yeah. Kode Singa. 298 ERA, 122 whip, 202 Ks in 166 innings. The walks was the reason he probably didn't finish even higher because, and those walks got better as the season went on. Let me, let me preface that. It was really bad early. He got even better. Like as the year went on, month by month, the dude was looking like an ace, ace. And uh, I'm really curious to see what round two looks like with him, but an amazing debut. Yeah, really, really good debut, and I think the the strikeout floor with Senga is is really strong. And again, that's why with the well a two ninety eight ERA, I, I don't really see that happening again. Um, that's really hard to do, but like especially with the walk rate that Senga has. But uh, like you said, the walk rate had improved uh, in the second half. Still wasn't like good, but it was passable. Uh, the strikeout minus walk in the second half for Senga with all those strikeouts was 21%. And that that's really good. If he can sustain that over a full season, um, this has plenty of staying power. So uh, one thing that I do like to look at um, with the walk rate is the underlying ball percentage to validate what that was. Um, for Senga was a 39% ball rate. Your league average is 36%. So he was not throwing strikes either. So I, I don't think he's just suddenly going to have a good walk rate. Like there's nothing that really screams that. But again, even if he has like a below average walk rate, but passable with all those Ks, he can still be fine. Most definitely. Grayson Rodriguez, 54th off the board, finished 94th of the position. But this is not the Grayson Rodriguez we need to talk about. His season totals were 435 ERA, 134 whip, 129 Ks, 122 innings. But let's talk about the second half. Grayson Rodriguez that came back after he went demoted to the minors, two five eight ERA looked absolutely outstanding. Strikeouts were there in plenty, uh, seventy three Ks of seventy six innings pitched. That's the guy we're looking for in twenty twenty four. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is a prime example of like when you're starting your twenty twenty four prep. I think this is one where you want to override whatever if you're using projections. I think the pro- your typical projection system is going to take into account too much of that first half with Grayson Rodriguez. When I think if you take what he did in context, this is a guy who's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball did come back in that second half with better skills, with more whiffs and with a full, yeah, over a mile an hour uptick on the fastball. Like I think you not prorate the second half over a full season, but like that wouldn't be crazy. And the second I, half was a 258 ERA, 110 whip, and a 24% K rate. Like that's I basically that's I ignore I ignore the first half. At that's his what I, age, yeah. Yeah. At his age, I just it might sound silly to some that are so hardcore into, you know, everything matters. It doesn't matter with him. <laughs> it's just one minute. That's my two cents. And just starting pitchers can change so much with if if you've got a guy with a with a 96 go to go 97 mile an hour fastball, like that matters a lot. Uh, uptick in velocity like that. Yes, he has to hold it for a full season, but uh, I'm with you, man. I, th- I think your typical projection system that weighs uh, that first half, I think is going to be pretty bearish on Grayson Rodriguez. And uh, I think we should kind of change those to make it look better because he looked really good in the second half. And I'd say most people drafting have ignored it as well. The ADP is 72 right behind Logan Webb okay. right before. Is it really? Senga. Yeah, it's behind Webb and before Senga. So... People are on the same page as us on this one. Yeah. 
Uh, John Gray, 66th finishing position, 55th off the board, 412 ERA, 129 whip, 142 Ks. Great start to the year. It just blew up and went horribly south in the second half. And uh, it, it's it was, it was, it's puzzling for me all thing. He had a bunch of minor injuries, like blisters and everything. He kept screwing them up. But as a whole, the second half was not strong and ended up in the bullpen for the postseason. Yeah, not uh... – not great. I don't have too much to add. The the whiffs held pretty strong, so maybe the strikeout rate comes back a little bit. But I don't know. He's just never for John Gray. Like I always ask, like what could he do over a full season? Injuries have always been a thing. But like his ERA the last three seasons four fifty nine three ninety six four twelve. The underlying like indicators are close to that as well. Just recently, the health has kind of been there, but it skills haven't so it's just never really clicked for him and he's i feel like i'm talking about him like he's old but i think he's, he's, not, he's 31 next year yeah so i mean he's not finally out of coors after a couple years out of coors now yeah i guess yeah reed detmers is 56 pitcher off the board finished 107th 448 era 135 whip 168 k's phenomenal final month of the season the rest of the year was a roller coaster of emotions, and that is the Reed Detmers experience in a nutshell. And trust me, when I look at him in draft rooms, I have a tough time clicking draft button just knowing the roller coaster that I will be on. But the strikeout stuff when he's on is awesome. It is, but yeah, the second half was really bad. And I do, and I, I know I keep kind of harping on first half, second half Swiss with these pitchers, but it's I think it's definitely something to look at when the velocity is down over this is kind of the anti Grayson Rodriguez the velocity was down over a full tick the whiffs pretty much completely went away in the second half down from 14% in the first half to 10 and a half percent in the second half and that's why the K's pretty much disappeared and so I wonder with Reed Detmers like this was his first time throwing 130 innings in a major league season. Like, did it just wear down and wear down early? So I, I, I worry about Reed Detmers over a full year next year, just from what we saw uh, down the stretch from him. Most definitely. Patrick Sandoval, there was high expectations for Sandoval in 2023. That did not happen. Finished 118th at the position, 411 ERA, 151 whip. He's always had a walk issue, had it once again, if not worse than previous seasons last year. And the ball left the yard a lot more often. So just a whole, just a horrible season. Yeah, this is like the Angels rotation version of the podcast and all all very negative. It's To me, it's amazing that Major League Baseball's pace of play improved in 2023 despite patrick sandoval throwing 145 innings like dude is just every single time i'd look at his box score like four and a third five walks like 91 pitches and he's out like that's that's the patrick sandoval experience he was good a couple years ago or good in 2022 but like the walk rate is just insurmountable and the strikeouts are on a pretty bad trend from 26% two years ago to 24 and then 20 last season. It's uh, it's not great. Yep. Not good at all. He's also really cheap though. Next year he is. Yeah. I told you he's getting drafted right next to Brady Singer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, so Sandoval or Singer. I'll take Singer. You're taking Singer. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely take Singer. It sounds like a bet, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to hang my hat on Patrick Sandoval. <laughs> that's a bold strategy. I'm not doing that. Down. I'm not, yeah. we'll, we'll think of something else. Like I'd almost be, nah, we'll think about it later. I, I won't, I won't throw it out there yet. Um, Sonny Gray, 
58th pitcher off the board with an ADP of 213, finished 24th at the position, one of the better values later on in drafts. 279 ERA, 115 whip, 183 Ks. All great stuff there. Another Twins pitcher with only eight wins, but that's because he, he didn't go deep into games that often. That was, I think, with Sonny Gray. But the ratio is once again a success, which landed him a big contract in St. Louis. Yep. Kudos. Kudos. And yeah, the big thing was the innings. I mean, 184 innings after going 135, 119 the last couple of years. So um, that was that was why I'm looking at. So Sonny Gray, as opposed to Joe Ryan and Pablo Lopez's fastball revolution. Uh, for Sonny Gray, it was the sweeper. Yep. Developed Through the sweeper. sweeper. Yep. Twice as often in 2023. And the swinging strike on it went from 15%, which is like league average for a sweeper, up to 23%. So the sweeper was an absolute weapon, and he threw it 20% of the time. So uh, just pitch mix changes like that that you can kind of detect early on, earlier you can pick up on that stuff, um, can really lead you to good places. And that's one of the things that's been well documented is you, you know, it could be the still the twins philosophy just wasn't fastballs is Sonny talked about back in the Yankees. They wouldn't let him like use a slider the way he wanted to and all that kind of stuff goes to Minnesota. And here's a sweeper things so, like they play, they tapped into what he is good at doing. Maybe Ryan and Paulo better with the fastball, Sonny better with like a sleeper slider situation. And they're, they're, they're just locating it and, and taking the goods and enhancing them, which yep. is a, an angle to go with. Absolutely. It's 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 interesting that all these twins breakouts, that there were pitch mix changes involved and in big ways. Andrew Heaney finished 67th the position. We know who Heaney is. Lots of home runs, occasional strikeouts, end of the season in the bullpen. Yeah, pretty much par for the course. And then Edward Cabrera finished 102nd at the position. Injury riddled at times, lots of walks as well. Yep. Uh 144 whip. It's not gonna be not not gonna help, especially when you only get 118 Ks. Uh, any final thoughts on this top six? I only had a couple notes written down here before we go to some outliers here because it is an interesting position. Like, there, there's pockets of ADP not maybe as obvious as the top 30 per se, but yeah. they're definitely here. It was pretty boomer bust. Like, almost a third of them, nine out of 30, finished in the top 30. So, I don't want to call that breakouts, but that's something you would take all day um, in this range. But then you had. 12 of them finished outside the top 100 either due to injury or i mean there were a lot of these guys that we talked about that were just straight up bad or didn't pitch much and so uh very much hit or miss with this group yep most definitely let's talk about some of the outliers though and this is where it gets fun uh zach efflin he had an adp of 297 finished fifth at the position fifth i did not stutter folks the fifth best pitcher in fantasy was Zach Eflin. 177 innings pitched, 3.50 ERA. Dude had a 23% K to walk, the best of his career. Uh, I know there was a bunch of high expectations, I guess, when he got um, he signed with the Rays, but I don't know if they could have been this high, Ryan. Yeah, this like should have been the Ryan Ray instead of <laughs> instead of uh, either Robbie Ray or uh, Springs or Rasmussen. 3% walk rate for Zach Eflin. Like that is, and a 31% ball rate. Like the dude throws strikes, he pounds the zone. That's why the whip is just so good with the guy. And then uh, finally got the innings last year, 177 innings were pretty much matched. Well, no, he had 75 innings the year before. So uh, good on the raise, good signing. Justin Steele, big fan yeah. here, being told so many times he couldn't produce with two pitches. 
but he got it done. Finished ninth at the position, ADP of 285. Managed 173 innings pitched. That was quite the jump, especially after 2022 when they shut him down at the end of the year to rest him because of innings limits. Uh, he got the job done. 117 whip. Uh, pretty good stuff for me. When it looks at Justin Steele. Yep, it was all fastball slider. 90 or yeah, 97 percent of the time. Um, kind of fell apart in September. The last couple starts. Yeah, not even. Yeah, not even September. Yeah, it was just like the last, last like two starts or so, two or three starts. Yeah, at Arizona, Pittsburgh, and then at Atlanta, he gave up uh, 15 earned runs. But we should be celebrating what Justin Steele did. He was one of the – so a bloom board of first pitch Arizona 2022. He was another strikeout minus walk gainer from first half to second half the year before and then obviously did what he did in 2023. Most definitely. Kyle Bradish, this is a fun one. I'm still kind of wrapping my head around for drafts this year. He finished 10th at the position with an ADP of 340. This was a big one. Um, so there's three past 300. That was my bad. 340 for Kyle Bradish. Finished with a 283 ERA through 168 and two-thirds innings pitched. And one of the biggest takeaways was the second half just completely tore yeah. it up in the second half. And it was due to the fastball for the most. The velo changed, but pitch mix is a whole change. So what do you got on Kyle Bradish? Because I saw... Uh, MLB Dream, who is a big Orioles guy and a smart fantasy player, he was tweeting a lot about him today, actually, which was funny. Thinking we're going to talk about him tonight. Uh, I have not seen that. I'll have to. I'll have to check that out. Um, he switched. Bradish switched up his fastballs, so he not ditched his four seamer, but threw it a lot less and threw more sinkers. And that's why you have a big jump in ground ball rate, especially in the second half for Bradish. Fifty three percent ground ball rate, and then you tack on <laughs> a twenty percent you know, strikeout minus walk, that combination of, of strikeouts, not many walks and ground balls is like starting pitcher gold. And anytime you see a step forward like this, look at the pitch mix. If there's a change in pitch mix, that's more likely in my opinion to validate those gains going forward to next year. And Bradish certainly passed those tests. I would imagine he's pretty expensive. 100. Yeah, he's not cheap compared to the past. Uh, a couple more here. Merrill Kelly finished 21st at the position, ADP of 247. He's just a boring guy, kind of feels like yep. a Bassett and others at times, but gets the better strikeout rates potentially. 177 innings, 329 ERA. He had a 119 uh, whip, pretty solid stuff overall, and he does it more often than not, surprisingly. That's almost like a trend of tonight's show is these boring Innings eaters, not any innings eater has a negative connotation, but these guys eat innings like that tastes like the steaks you make. <laughs> I like in it. Your town, my kind of guy. Uh, like imagine t- taking in, in a DC last year. You want to get volume or something? Taking Bassett, Montgomery, and Kelly. Like that That's was huge. certainly on the table. You just got so many innings of of uh, great ratios. Yep. Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez, 25th at the position, 325 ADP through 152 innings, 3-3 ERA. Whip is always an issue, but he only has a 1-1-5 whip this year, which was big for him. Um, I don't know if he can sustain that because that's not his career norm, but a really great season. Great season and highlight of the year, in your opinion. I'm speaking for you at this point. Oh, was yes. The yes. trade rejection to L.A. Well, and the funniest part now is LA is one of the teams he wants to go sign with. This I know, year. I know. That's what but, I was going to say. Like, did you see that? But but it's I, I respect his thing. He did it for his family. Like he's already talked about it. Like I want to sign with him. I have no problem with the Dodgers. 
I didn't want to uproot my kids again in the middle of the season. And stuff. Like I respect that. Like that's that's where we forget that there's more to the business of baseball. Like there's life outside of baseball. And he's like, no, we're not doing that. We're going where my kids can still like, you know, we're, we're still a family. I'm like I respect that. It's pretty good stuff. I would have been more fun if he still would have hated the Dodgers, but I respect what he did. Um, last but not least, Michael Walker, 26 at the position, ADP of 386. Just nice to mention Michael Walker because every time you thought the wheels would come off the bus, they didn't. 134 innings, 322 ERA, 116 whip. The dude was like the most boring guy in the world, but literally five or six innings, no strikeouts. Strikeouts were not a thing for Michael Walker, but everything else was pretty solid. Yeah, and had 14 wins and 24 starts. Yeah. Like, what the hell? He was a quality start machine, it felt like at times. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we we could have said this before about Michael Walker. He's done this before, but yeah, the skills nowhere near support this, but he's been able to do it. And he's another one. He seems like he's like 38, 39, only, only 32. Yeah, only 32. It does feel like he's like Wainwright-esque, and he's not. Right, yeah, exactly. Going 263, uh, right before Mason Miller, who's pretty much just the anti- Michael Walker. We just got to see where Walker signs. Like he, yeah. as weird as this sounds, he'd be a good giant. He'd be cheap. He'd do what you look like. He would actually fit that system really well. The, the system that annoys me on a nightly basis. But yes, he would fit it very well. All right, I'm going to pull the bloom board back up for our first listener question here because it brings up from BP at futures underscore bet. I know this is way too early and odds aren't out yet, but give me a Cyan Award prediction or two from the pitchers you discussed on this pod. I think Singa is probably a pretty fun one, Peralta. Uh, but let's go, let's go outside the box, Ryan. Any anybody stand out to you as a Cy Young guy on this list? It's funny we actually mentioned Sale, saying we wouldn't be like yeah, surprised by yeah. Cy Young. And again, that sounds crazy. But Blake Snell won the Cy Young at an ADP of 114 last year, so like it's not that crazy. Um, I go Nick Lodolo. I'll go Nick Lodolo as someone who could win the Cy out of this group for the reasons I I won't repeat mentioned all earlier. But uh, I really like him. I just hate the park, but I like him. I'll go with Grayson Rodriguez. If yeah, the inning, if, the like, in, yep. if the innings can be there. If we hold to our guns that we just throw the first half out the window and we get that second half dude, I'm going to go Grace Rodriguez. I'll so. go uh, honorable mention uh, Brady Singer. No, I'm just kidding. I was waiting for some. Like, I, I would love to say Joe Moe. He's never going to strike out a guy who's enough to do it, but he's a, he's a, a, a Cy Young winner in my my heart, so it's okay. That's, that's uh, what matters, he, really. Yeah, <laughs> it's all it really does matter. And then Taylor underscore Bauer 11 asks, I just want to hear your thoughts on Chris Sanchez, Javier Assad, JP Sears, and Griffin Canning. Don't care when it comes. I'll listen to all of them. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Deep dive in here. It's a lot of uh, late round pitch to contact guys. Uh, Sears had some strikeout upside. Chris Sanchez, if it's the Phillies guy we're talking about there. Yeah. He finished well. Um, but what are your thoughts? You've, you've pulled stuff up. I mean, I would say out of all those guys, Sanchez is the one I'm like, by far most interested. I think there's I'm a ceiling there. Yeah, sure. I think there's definitely a ceiling there. Um, 344 ERA, 105 whip from Sanchez. Great walk rate. Great ground ball rate. 57% ground ball rate. Any missed bats, 12% swing strike rate. Like that 
is all of the components that you want in a potential breakout picture pitcher. Uh, and I think he'll, I mean, we'll see like what happens with the Phillies this off season, but would think he's pretty safe in the role through 80 innings in the second half last year. So like held up pretty well late into the season. Uh, Christopher Sanchez out in that group, I think is really good. JP Sears is one I, I had a lot of, um, yeah. just like he was, he was fine. It's just, Pitching in that pitching in that park helps the ratios, but like there's just no win potential, um, so that made him kind of tough. But he's I think he's probably safe. Assad I feel like has I don't I don't know I feel like Assad has a pretty low floor, but I could be wrong. I don't know too much. About I think Assad's got a good floor, no ceiling. Um, okay. I, I I had a lot of Assad last year, even in DCs as like a late late dart, and he pitched well in September, but the strikeouts were always a question. Uh, pitched a lot of contact at times and just kind of skated around situations. Uh, Dane Dunning's a guy we talked about like on recap shows when the season ended. Like, I love him in DCs. You talk about boring pitchers. Dane Dunning's that dude. Decent ratios. Eats up a lot of innings. Strikeouts might not be great, but a uh, good team behind him. Good team for, with the Rangers. But I'm with you. Like, I, if I had to rank them per se, it'd be Sanchez, Sears, Canning, Hassad for me. But I've had pieces of all of them yeah. at points last year. So I can't. I, think I go like, Sanchez. I go Canning ahead of Sears. That's probably fair. And then Assad last. Assad. Oh, I mean, we he, said we said Canning, not Dunning. Sorry, I was thinking Dane Dunning. Canning's a ceiling boomer bust guy. Yeah, yeah. That's my bad. But you want to take where he's going. I yeah. mean, that's the kind of thing you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Sanchez, Canning, Sears, Assad. I'm with you on that. that that's right. I was thinking Dane Dunning for some reason. But uh, yeah, Griffin Canning, good finish to the season too. So that's a plus. Yep. All right, Mr. Bloomfield, another episode in the books. Any final thoughts on the starting pitching position? Um, I don't know. Just more more questions and answers. I said that on the last show, but just so hard to nail these guys. But doing so or not doing so is is the difference in your league. So um hope to hope to have more of those Justin Steeles, Zach Eflins than uh Lance Lynn's and Brady Singers next year. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. I, I'm re- I'm interested to see what our Brady Singer bet's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be fun because I, I'm I, right now. I'd be very bold, so I'm going to wait and see what uh, January looks like before I make those claims. But uh, I am a believer that he's better than the, the discussion we had. Let's put it that way. We'll be back with you guys on Tuesday evening to recap the relief pitching position, which should be mighty fun considering not as much turnover as years past. So it'll be really interesting to see how that played out in the ADP market. But until then, you can check out Ryan on Twitter at RyanBHQ, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod. I'm at BD Entrick. This is Bubba and the Bloom, episode 87. Catch you all next time.